Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. What started as a dare quickly turns into a nightmare when Matteo and David convince Angel to spend the night on a haunted island to prove his love to a girl. An island decorated with hundreds of decayed dolls hanging from trees and posts all around has to be one of the creepiest places to be, especially alone and at night. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world. From haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, we will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we are discussing the Island of the Dolls, a place with a haunted past, and that is a horrifying sight to see in the present, even in the daytime. So if you're into travel and all things scary, Listen close, and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination. But hopefully, not your final destination. Destination Terror is an EerieCast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. If you enjoy the show, please follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out EerieCast.com for more scary podcasts, such as Tales from the Break Room, featuring allegedly true and terrifying stories that happened on the job. Mateo, David, and Angel had been friends since they were very small, all living in the same area of San Pedro. Mateo and David often picked on Angel, as he was the smaller and more gullible of the trio. Even though they were in their teens, it still went on, but Angel had always been good-natured about it. When Liliana moved in across the street from Angel, he fell in love at first sight. For David and Mateo, it was just something else they could tease him about. They didn't know how serious his crush on her was, until later on, and the realization came with some serious regrets. Angel wanted to ask Liliana out, but he was afraid. He had never asked a girl out before. He was the shy guy of the group. Even at 16, he still had not had a girlfriend. Guys, you have to help me talk to her, Angel begged one day while they were out walking the back roads. What do you want us to do? Mateo asked. Talk to her for you? That's a great idea, Angel blurted out. I was actually hoping you would offer. You know, I don't know how to talk to girls. Okay, David offered. Mateo could tell that he was up to something. I'll talk to her and let you know what she says tomorrow afternoon. We meet back here, same time, same place. Okay? 
You got it, Angel practically yelled. He was beyond excited. When they parted ways with Angel at the crossroads to their homes, Mateo asked David what he had up his sleeve. Well, he began, I think we'll start with a proof of love test. Okay, but are you really going to talk to her? He asked him. Sure, I'll do that too. I'm not a complete liar. He hatched their plan during the rest of their walk home. He would tell Angel that Liliana had said that she needed proof of his sincerity, and the only way that she would believe him is if he were to spend the night alone on the island of the dolls. Most likely he would freak out and say no, at least that is what they were counting on. But it would be more fun if he tried. There was nothing more entertaining than scaring the crap out of Angel. But they were wrong. I can do it, Angel practically shouted when they told him the next day. I can do anything to prove my love for Liliana. Well, then let's figure out how to get you there after dark, David said as he scratched his head, as if he had to stir up the ideas through his scalp. After a minute of pondering, his eyes lit up when an idea struck. I have a cousin that works one of the gondolas that takes tourists through the canals. He owes me a favor. I'll talk to him when he gets off work. You'll talk to him today, though, right? Angel asked, excited to get started. Yeah, he should be home before dark. Come to my house first thing in the morning if you want to know what he says, David ordered. They all were in agreement. Mateo lived right next door, so he would be there early. The next morning, David and Mateo were already waiting for Angel on the doorstep when he arrived. What did you find out? He asked quickly without even a greeting. David shrugged his shoulders. What do you think? You know me. I know how to get things done. He'll take us after sunset tonight, when the tourists are gone and the shops are all closed. They spent the rest of the day giving Angel a hard time making sure he was worked up enough for a good scare later that evening. Not that it would take much. The legend about the island was scary, but there had been many who had snuck there in the middle of the night on dares and lived to tell about it. Angel ran home later that evening to pack up a few supplies to take with him. A blanket to sleep on, a lantern for light, and snacks in case he got hungry. He met his friends at their determined meeting spot, and they began the walk to the canals well before sunset. They arrived just as the last of the tourists were leaving and watched as the men tied off their gondolas securely for the night. David's cousin Luis was the last to pull his boat in, and he secured it before making his way across the road to where they were waiting. We'll wait here until we are sure everyone is gone and it's dark, he explained. Did you bring what I asked for, David? Mateo and Angel looked at David questioningly as he reached in his pocket, pulled out two packs of cigarettes, and handed them to Luis. His debt was not large enough, so I had to throw in a bribe, he explained to his friends. Luis immediately opened a pack and lit one up. He had smoked half a pack by the time the sun had set. Okay, guys, follow me and do as I say. He finally ordered as he stood and headed towards the boats, with the three boys following behind him. The trip down the canal was eerily quiet, with only the sounds of bullfrogs croaking. 
but even they quieted as the gondola passed. It was as if nature was in shock that they were doing something so crazy. As they approached the island, they could see the old decayed dolls hanging from the trees before they ever reached the ramp. A shiver ran across Mateo's back, but he told himself that it was just the night air. Once they pulled up to the ramp to the island, Luis turned and spoke to Angel. This is as far as I go. You are on your own from here, little friend. Angel gulped and without more hesitation stood up and bravely exited the boat. His friends watched him standing on the ramp waving until he disappeared from their sight. How are we supposed to get him off of the island tomorrow? Mateo asked Luis. First trip out in the morning, I'll pick him up and bring him back, he answered calmly. Can we come with you? Mateo asked. Sure, if you want to pay for the ride. It's two pesos, Luis said rather flatly. I bet his hair is white by tomorrow morning, David chimed in, reveling in what he thought was his perfect plan. I'm actually surprised he went through with it. He must have it bad for that girl. Mateo couldn't sleep good that night. He had never took as much enjoyment out of torturing Angel as David had. He hoped his friend was okay. He fell asleep and dreamed horrifying dreams of dolls with glowing red eyes chasing him. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Just south of Mexico City, between the canals of Xochimilco, you can find a small island with a sad background, which never intended to be a tourist destination. The island is known as Isla de las Muñecas, which translates to the Island of the Dolls. There's just something incredibly intriguing about a location with a sinister and enigmatic past. Take this island, for example. 
Even before you learn the horrific origin story, an island covered with rotting old dolls, hanging up in trees, is already somewhat unsettling. A boat trip through the Xochimilco Channel south of Mexico City leads to Xochimilco Island, the island of the dolls. On shore, visitors are greeted by thousands of dolls, some big, some small, some gigantic. No humans live here anymore, only dolls. They hang from ceilings, trees, and boats moored on the shore. If you suffer from pediophobia, a fear of dolls, then you may not want to add this to your list of destinations, unless you also love being terrified. The story of the Island of the Dolls and that of Don Julian Santana Barrera are intricately intertwined. Don Julian, a native of Mexico City's Xochimilco district, abandoned his wife and children somewhere in the middle of the 20th century to live alone on an island in Tashula Lake. Santa Barrera's motivations for doing so are at best vague, but it soon became evident that he may not have been of sound mind. Soon after relocating, he made the horrifying discovery of a little girl's drowned body on the shores of his island. Soon later, a doll arrived floating down the canals, altering Santana Barrera's life and the island's shape for years to come. Barrera, alone on the island, took the doll and hung it from a tree to placate the ghost of the girl who had died. The one doll, however, was insufficient in the eyes of the man who now saw himself as the island's guardian, at least. Julian was apparently haunted by the spirit of the girl and started hanging more dolls in an attempt to please her spirit. He soon realized the dolls themselves were possessed by the spirits of dead girls and continued to collect creepy dolls, hanging them over the entire island. According to those close to him, it was as if Julian was driven by some unseen force that completely changed him. Apparently, he was very marked by the fact that he was not able to save the little girl's life. Santa Barrera would hang dolls from the island's many trees for the following 50 years by collecting them from the rubbish and the waterways. He would hang some intact and some in various degrees of decay, such as decapitated, torsoless, or otherwise disassembled. These don't sound like the actions of a person with a healthy grasp on reality. And indeed, there are many doubts surrounding this legend. The most important question is, did the little girl who supposedly drowned really exist? Many people, including Don Julian's family, didn't believe that he had ever found the girl. But whether they believed that he imagined it, made it up, or she was real, is still unclear. What is clear is that no matter what the truth is, Don Julian devoted the rest of his life to this girl. And perhaps the creepiest of all, even the end of his life had very clear ties to the story of the drowned girl. Don Julian Santa Barrera passed away in 2001. You guessed it, his body was found drowned in the canal, where he always claimed to have seen the young girl. Many people on the island believe that Julian has joined the other spirits of the island. As a result, tourists started pouring into the island to demonstrate their admiration. 
They brought dolls of their own, and to this day, people hang dolls in remembrance of Santa Barrera and the girl, whether or not she was a real person. You can also go leave a doll if you visit. It's a macabre must-see on any tour of the historic Aztec canals, because numerous ships stop there. Since the death of Julian, the island has become very famous and has even been featured in many articles and even TV shows. In 1987, an eco-tourist rescue was made, and the island was found covered with water lilies. After Julian Santa Barrera passed away, the Chinampa gained popularity as a destination. When Mexican director Emilio Fernandez shot the Mara Candelaria movie, there in 1943, the location started to gain notoriety. The Huffington Post, Travel Channel, and ABC News are just a few of the national and local media outlets that have covered the island. The dolls are still on the island, which is accessible by boat. The island was featured on the Travel Channel's show Ghost Adventures, the Amazon Prime show Lore, and was also featured on BuzzFeed Unsolved. Shane Made, a firm skeptic of the paranormal, has asserted that he believes in the legends about the island. The Island of the Dolls is an hour and a half from the Embara Cadero Comanco. The only way in is through the Trejanera. The majority of rowers are happy to take passengers to the island, while others avoid it because of superstitions. A tour of the ecological area, Ajolote Museum, Apatalato Canal, Tosulo Lagoon, and La Llorona Island are all included in the about one-hour trip. The island has a modest museum containing articles from nearby newspapers about the island and its previous owner in addition to hundreds of dolls. A store and three rooms are present, one of which appears to have been a bedroom. You may find Santana's initial doll collection in this area, along with his favorite doll, Augustina. In exchange for miracles and blessings, some visitors leave gifts around the dolls while others take off their clothing and continue to pray there. No matter what your reason for visiting the Island of the Dolls, it is sure to be a terrifying trip. The next morning, the first thing that Mateo did was walk to Liliana's house. He would keep his word to his friend and make sure the girl knew what Angel had done to impress her. Impress me? she said with flushed cheeks. Is this guy an idiot? I wouldn't go out to that place overnight for no amount of money. Mateo learned real fast that Liliana was more bark than bite. He could see the concerned look on her face as she spoke. Well, it does make a strong statement that he would do something so utterly terrifying. When he gets back, bring him to me, and I will meet him. Relieved and excited for his friend, he told her thank you and took off to find David. He met David just as he was coming out the door of his house. Hey, you ready? He asked Mateo. Sure thing, but you realize it'll be hard to pick on him now that he has done something neither of us would do, Mateo stated. Yeah, I thought about that. It's pretty impressive, David answered. They were quiet during the rest of the walk back to the canals. Once there, Luis's boat was gone, 
so they paid one of the other boatmen for a ride to the island. It didn't matter who took them as long as they got there. There weren't very many people out on the canal that early in the morning. Halfway there, they passed Luis and gave him a wave. His boat held two tourists, but Angel was not with them. When they arrived at the island, they were the only ones there. The place was not near as scary in the light of the sunny day, but they were surprised that Angel was not somewhere nearby waiting for them. Maybe he's passed out somewhere in a hiding spot. He probably stayed up all night shaking from fright, David laughed. Well, we'll have to go look for him. We should split up so we can cover more ground faster, Mateo suggested. They parted ways and headed off in different directions around the island. Mateo cursed himself for the idea as he walked through the shaded area of large trees, with dolls staring down all around him. He walked and searched the edge of the island until he finally ran into David again. You didn't find him? He asked quickly, starting to become worried. Nope, not a trace, David replied. We should search away from the dolls, towards the center of the island. If it was me, that's where I would have hid, as far away from those creepy things as I could. The island wasn't large, but the center was more secluded and there were fewer dolls hanging in that area. When they reached a small clearing, they immediately saw Angel's blanket laying on the ground. His lantern was sitting next to it, still lit up. Well, that's not good, David said. What do we do now? We sit and wait, Mateo said plainly. We can't both wait. The boatman will be looking for us if we don't return soon, David replied. Okay, then I'll wait, Mateo bravely offered. Tell the boatman I'll catch the next gondola back. Are you sure about this? David asked. I'm sure that Angel is my friend and that he would do this for me, Mateo answered. David nodded quietly and turned and headed back to the boat ramp. It was obvious that he was worried and regretted the idea that had brought them there. His shoulders were slumped as he walked away. Mateo plopped down on Angel's blanket and waited. He turned off the lantern to save the battery, then pulled a pack of playing cards out of his pocket to kill time. When he got bored with the cards, he walked the area around the island again looking for signs of Angel, but found nothing. He then returned back to the blanket and waited. He grew more nervous as the hour grew late. When the sun began to sink, he realized that he would have to go for help. There would have to be a search for Angel. His stomach growled as he stood to leave. He hadn't eaten all day. He reached to grab Angel's bag that had been laying by the lantern and rummaged through it until he found a foil with a cold cheese quesadilla wrapped in it. Yuck, he thought to himself. I can wait. Not wanting to risk being left, he headed back to the boat ramp just as a rumble of thunder sounded across the sky. By the time he made it to the ramp, it was raining and all of the boats were gone. They must have called it a day due to the rain. Mateo felt panic start first in the pit of his stomach. He looked around frantically, trying to figure out what to do. He saw the building that was used as sort of a museum and ran to it for shelter. The door was ajar, 
so he quickly opened it and stepped inside, only to be met by the eyes of hundreds of dolls, staring at him from every direction. Some of them were complete, while others were missing body parts, or their entire body altogether. He looked at them and imagined them laughing down at him, when suddenly it felt like the room started to spin. He couldn't go back outside. The rain was coming down too hard. So he huddled in a corner, covered his eyes, and waited. The sound of giggling woke him, and he immediately realized the rain had stopped. The giggling must have been a dream, he hoped. The dolls were still staring at him, looking more hideous and threatening in the moonlight, sneaking in through every opening in the shack. He felt like he couldn't breathe. Mateo jumped to his feet and ran out as fast as he could, stopping long enough to take a deep breath. Then he heard it again, giggling. This time it was more real, now that he was fully awake. He walked down to the boat ramp, but there he found that the boats were still gone. He turned back, trying to figure out what to do next. He had no idea what time it was or how he was going to get off of this island. As he was standing there, he saw something from the corner of his eye. Someone had run past the shack into the woods. Was it Angel? Was it possible he had been waiting and this was his payback? That had to be it. Angel! I know it's you! Mateo yelled into the night as he sprinted in the direction that he had seen the figure go. He ran through the dense trees, nearly bumping his head on the hanging dolls. He could hear the sounds of laughter just ahead of him, and he raced towards it. He came out in the clearing where he had found Angel's blanket. Looking around, he could see no one, but he could hear whispers everywhere, growing louder, as if the dolls were all watching and conspiring. Fear began to overtake him once again as he headed across the clearing, stopping suddenly when he saw movement there was someone sitting on Angel's blanket. He approached slowly and carefully. At first, he thought it was Angel, but as he drew closer, he could make out the long black hair of a small girl in a white dress. She was sitting on the blanket, cradling something and humming a lullaby. He hesitantly walked closer to her. She had her back turned to him, he reached down to tap her on the shoulder. Hey, girl, he said, his voice shaking with fear. Her head snapped around so quickly that he stumbled backwards. She hissed at him. He could see that she was holding an old doll whose eyes had been poked out. When he looked from the doll to the girl, he saw the same empty sockets on her white face. She dropped the doll and flipped over on all fours and began crawling quickly towards him, giggling and hissing. Mateo stumbled again as he backed away and barely kept himself from falling to the ground. Once he gained control of his legs, he turned and ran, but he could hear her calling from behind him. Want to play? He didn't look back. He ran until he was at the edge of the island. He searched and searched until he finally found a place to hide beneath a large bush. 
He lay there quietly listening. He could hear her walking through the leaves. Oh, I love hide and seek, he heard her say. Mateo was shivering so hard that the branches of the bush were rattling. He tried to calm himself, but it was impossible. He began to hear hundreds of other voices that sounded like children. Over here. He's over here. They were saying. Mateo looked up and the dolls were hanging all around and all staring down at him. He burst out of the bush in full panic and ran, not even sure where he was going. He could hear laughter following him and all those little voices giggling and still saying, Over here! Over here! Over here! He ran until he found the boat ramp again and he made his way down to it. Still there was no way, still no boats, no sign of anyone. He looked back up the ramp towards the entrance to the island and saw her standing there staring down at him with a dark hideous smile on her face. Found you, you're it, she said in a demonic voice. Mateo lost it and jumped into the canal and began to swim. He was a fair swimmer, but when he felt little hands grab him around the neck and pull him under, he lost his ability to think rationally and began to flail. She pulled him under the murky water, where he opened his eyes and saw her face still smiling that huge, hideous smile. He fought hard against her grip, but she was freakishly strong. He struggled, trying to push her away, but his hands could not find her, even though she was right in front of him. It was as if they went right through her body. He began to grow weak from exhaustion, and slowly he drifted off into darkness. Mateo could feel the sun beating down on his face. He could feel someone slapping his cheek and calling his name. He struggled to open his eyes, but finally did only to momentarily be blinded by the light. He squinched his eyes shut and then rolled over as he gagged and began to cough up water. He remembered the hands around his neck and the sinking feeling of being dragged to the bottom of the canal. Mateo began to scream and kick, lashing out at everything around him, fighting for his life. Mateo, calm down, it's us, he heard David's voice say. He relaxed and opened his eyes, afraid that it was a trick and that the nightmare wasn't over. But it was, because standing over him was David, Luis, Angel, and Liliana. He spoke first to Angel, relieved at the sight of his friend. You're okay. Better than you from the look of it, Angel replied with obvious concern. They helped Mateo up and then called for someone to come drive him home. He was in no shape to walk the distance. The drive was a blur to him. He had so many questions, but all he wanted to do was sleep. He woke sometime later in his bed. He could hear voices coming from the other room. It was his friends. They had been waiting for him to make sure he was okay. 
He found them all sitting around the kitchen table. Liliana was there as well, sitting closely to Angel. You're awake, Angel blurted as he came out of his room. Hurry, you must tell us everything that happened. I will, Mateo said, but first I want to know where the hell were you? The question was directed at Angel. Angel ducked his head and said, You're never going to believe it, but I'll tell you. He then proceeded to explain, while on the island, how he had heard laughter and how scared he had been until he met the little girl. He could tell that she was not quite right, maybe a ghost or something, but knowing he had nowhere to run, he decided to try to reason with her. He said that all she wanted was someone to play with, so he agreed to play with her. Grateful, at sunrise she led him to a small boat hidden at the edge of the island. He had used it to get across the canal. Are you telling me that you made friends with the ghost that tried to kill me? Mateo asked. You should have just played, Mateo. After all, she is just a little girl. Thank you for joining us to explore the Island of the Dolls. Tune in next week as we discuss another terrific location. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of haunted places to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. Be sure to check out eeriecast.com for more terrifying podcasts. Until next time, be safe out there until I see you at our next destination. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>